What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Happy to be joined on this Friday from the Ball Blast Football Podcast on the NFL Network. Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Woot woot. I'm going to go with woot woot today. I'm not going to be Fat Albert. I'm going to change it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, hey. Now, I will say, I have a mimosa with me this morning. It is 11 o'clock my time while we're recording. Stats, for some, whatever reason, after the Steelers won, you said mimosas. And that's all I needed to hear. So I brought a mimosa on the podcast. I didn't even say it. I didn't even, uh, I don't even think I followed up with you on that text. But you did not. <laughs> you did not bring anything. So here is the hilarious thing. Last year, Michelle and I decided that when both of our teams win in the same week, we're going to do mimosas on the show to celebrate. I, to be honest with you, totally forgot about it, but I did notice last week, both the Niners and Steelers won. So that's why I texted you mimosas. I don't think we did that last week, or I don't think we did that last year. We would have been drinking mimosas like every week. I I think it was We didn't think of it until late in the year. I think it was when they made the playoffs. When they both made the playoffs, that's when we came on and drank mimosas together. But you had forgotten about that, but you were just like, oh, I have permission to have a mimosa. Yeah. Not that you need permission, but you were like, okay. And so here you are. I'm drinking water, by the way. My you don't second... have to ask me twice. Yeah. This is my second bottle of water today. And you're over here pounding mimosas, which we all know is 1% orange juice and 99% champagne. Not pounding. I'm on my first sip. But uh, I did forget my water, so I guess I'm just drinking mimosa. There you go. Before we get into the game this week against the Cardinals and some of the playoff permutations, I always want to remind you, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We are so grateful for your support. We more than doubled our downloads from last year, and last year was a record for Niners Nation. So thank you for all the support. I promise we will keep earning it. This review comes from Julie P. in California, five stars. Great stuff. Keep it up is the subject. Hey, Rob, your shows are my go-to podcast for 49ers news and analysis. 49ers in five is a great way to start the day. And I make it a point to never miss your shows with Levin or Michelle or your instant reaction shows. I love that you're not afraid to criticize the team when it's warranted, but I can also tell that you're a diehard fan. Michelle and Levin are both fantastic in their own ways. As a fellow female fan, I have a soft spot for Michelle. Plus, she's wicked smart and knowledgeable about football. Keep it up. You are wicked smart. I can tell she's from the North with the wicked. I used to say wicked growing up in Syracuse. And then I moved to like Florida and people make fun of that in Florida. If you say wicked. Yep. That is the thing that is definitely like Northeast wicked smart. Yeah. 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 yeah, I appreciate that. That's a good little review there. That makes me happy. I will say I'm surprised people still think I'm smart with the jinx I've been as of late. I feel like everything I say, the opposite happens. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I need to just keep saying every week, I think the 49ers are going to suck and then uh, it'll be great. Yeah. Question their run defense like you did earlier and then have to eat mayonnaise the, the following week. I never questioned their run defense. I questioned their overall defense. Oh, that's that much was- better. That was wrong. That was wrong <laughs> of me. However, they did get their booties kicked by Derek Sidham last week. So my bets last week where I was like, I don't even think the Raiders will put up 15 points uh, looked terrible right away because somehow this defense decided to not show up against Jarrett Stidham. It was very disconcerting because at first you're like, okay, they go down, they score. Like my first thought was like, okay, that's the one, that's the one drive that the Niners usually give up. A lot of times it's the first drive of the game and then they adjust and they lock it down. That did not happen. As we know, I'm super interested in this game in terms of how the defense 
performs because D'Amico Ryan's essentially called them out yesterday, said they had to be better with their eye discipline, called, said they were playing hero ball. Like he, he has publicly kind of called out the defense and they have every reason to dominate this week because it's David Blau, Michelle. It's probably the last game Cliff Kingsbury is going to coach for the Cardinals. Like Arizona has literally nothing. There's no reason the Niners shouldn't dominate. I think if anything... It really shows how much tape matters and how much work you put into watching the tape that matters because it feels like any time that a court, not any time, but like 75% of the time a quarterback is making their first start, they look fantastic. But it's because like there's such limited tape on them or maybe no tape for the NFL. And it's just like, it seems like that makes it really hard on defenses, which I guess makes sense. But like, I don't think Jarrett Stidham's going to be this great NFL quarterback. I think this was his first start. I don't know if this defense really, you know, considered them an actual threat. So maybe didn't put in as much work as they should have or taken it as seriously. But it's just interesting to me. But David Blau, he's had actually quite a few, not quite a few. He's had a handful of starts in his career. Like, I think there's enough tape. I don't think he's going to have a game like Jarrett Stidham has. I, I think the defense is going to look dominant as usual in this matchup. And oh, by the way, he doesn't have Josh McDaniels game planning for him, which you can say what you want to say about McDaniels as a head coach. The dude is a great offensive mind. Like, So is it Derek Carr's issue? What's the issue? Because With I the love... Raiders? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Josh McDaniels is telling you Carr is the issue because clearly he's getting rid of him. Um, this was my favorite thing ever because I, I said like Derek Carr is my least favorite quarterback in the league that has no reason to like for me to hate him. Like obviously Deshaun Watson's my least favorite, but like for a guy that there is no reason to hate him, he seems like a pretty good dude. He yeah. just bothers the crap out of me. Like <laughs> under my skin. So it's it made me so happy that Jarrett Stidham went out there and was like, Yeah, this is so easy. Look at me put up all these points on the hardest defense in the league. Derek Carr, what's your problem? And I was like, that just made me happy. I will say, I get that the deep like you're like oh no what happened to the defense I'm really not that worried about it and it was the perfect thing to happen for Brock Purdy the perfect experience to get under his belt before the playoffs we've been talking about this and we didn't think he was going to have this opportunity because they're facing the Raiders and the Cardinals the last two games we were like we don't know if he can play from behind we don't know if he can play in this high scoring game where he had to put up point for point for point and he showed they were down by 10 points and he was able to stay composed and do his job and come back. I thought that was huge. And then it ended up being perfect, too, because they ended up winning. Like I actually think him getting that experience and the offense getting that experience before the playoffs was huge. So I love that. Brock himself said on KMBR this week, it, w- it was good for him. He did need to face that adversity. I thought he did look a little shook at times last week in the game, which is only natural. He's a, still a rookie quarterback. And I think that he rebounded nicely. I thought that Kyle was very smart in how he called the game because I think Kyle kind of recognized it. He immediately went to a screen pass to Ray Ray McLeod that went for 40 yards, which, by the way. Ray Ray's doing his thing. Yeah, your boy, Ray Ray McLeod, man. He's he's doing some things. He had a 71-yard touchdown run the other week, broke off a big play last week. He's waiting he's... for that fumble in the playoffs. Oh, God, don't say <laughs> it. Gotta, I'm going to knock out 100 woods. <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> that's all. hundred woods. Oh, well, that'll be a drop that I cut up. I've decided I'm going to take drops from every, little comments from everybody all year, and I'm going to save them in a folder. And so at the end of the year in 2023, I'm going to have this great montage of random, out of context sound bites from everybody. So yeah, congratulations, you got your first one right there. Oh wow. Okay. Can't wait to uh, hear it. 
Uh, so there you go. That is Brock Purdy situation. I love it. The offense seemingly can put up 30 points. Again, they've been doing it the past couple of weeks without Debo Samuel. It looks like both Debo and Elijah Mitchell are going to be back and playing this game. John Lynch said on KMBR this morning that he expects both of them to play. That's great. I don't expect Christian McCaffrey to play, which I'm a little worried about that. But also I, I like that they're resting him because you want him as healthy as possible for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm like, this makes me happy because they are using him so, so, so much, so much. And he's looked amazing and they've been so good with him. It was a great trade, but this team needs him in the playoffs. Like if you're telling me they had to go into the playoffs with Brock Purdy without Christian McCaffrey on offense, that scares the crap out of me. So yes, keep him healthy. If like If you can't beat the Cardinals with David Blau and that terrible defense right now with so many injuries they have, they're dealing with like. If you can't beat them with Jordan Mason and your third round pick, Ty Davis Price, then you like, then what are you doing? What are you and doing? Maybe like, Elijah Mitchell, too. Wait, you, you think Elijah Mitchell will be back? Yeah, it's John Lynch said he expects him to play. So, oh, wow, I did not see that news. I literally just said that. No, well, I guess I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Yeah, Debo and Elijah Mitchell look like they're going to be back. So I heard the Debo part, and I was thinking, like, it's so wild what they've been doing on offense, and they haven't even had their biggest piece from last year. Like, the guy that was their entire offense last year, they haven't even had him, and they're putting up 32.5 points per game with Brock Purdy as the starting quarterback without, without Debo for most of that time, which is pretty crazy. And Debo, the thing I love about him is he's one of the guys that can, he doesn't need Kyle Shanahan to scheme him open to make a big play. I think, and I know Niner fans don't want to hear this, but I think a lot of Brock Purdy's success has been due to the fact that Kyle Shanahan is scheming things open, giving him wide open guys, and to Brock's credit, he's hitting those guys, which is fine. But you're not always going to be able to do that if you're Kyle Shanahan. There are going to be times when you just don't make the perfect play call. It doesn't matter with Debo, because he could just break, four tackles, truck two guys, and run for a touchdown. And you need that in the playoffs especially. So the fact that he's coming back, that he's going to get a game under his belt to, you know, get back into the swing of things so he's not coming in cold for the playoffs, I think that sets up very nicely for the 49ers. Although, I will say, with Debo, it was a lot of short passes. And, you know, the, the offense was... Not having such success scoring points, you know, the first half of the season. And all of a sudden, now that you're targeting George Kittle deeper down the field, targeting Brandon Ayuk, intermediate passes, like, oh, wow, you could score more points. Yes, because you can't <laughs> target Devo two yards down the field 10 times a game and expect success, success out of that. So I hope they don't resort back to that because it seems like this offense kind of flows better without Devo, but Devo's. Is it has nothing to do with him as a player. He's fantastic. They just need to figure out better ways to get the ball into his hands that are, you know, just a higher probability that it'll go for a first down instead of a three-yard gain. If the Cardinals, let's say, have, like, let's say the game goes last, like last week, right, where Niners win, but the offense has to carry the water, would you be worried about this defense going into the playoffs? I mean, a little bit if they let Jared, like, it's one thing to be like, okay, we were caught off guard against the Raiders. We just were totally underestimating them. It was Jarrett Stidham. First New Year's week. day in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. There's a lot about that. But then if you then also get your booties kicked by David Blau, like, all right, then you'd be worried. But I don't, I'm not actually worried that's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to, 
I think they're going to show up. I think they're going to dominate. I think they're going to prove like we're ready for the playoffs right here. Like, yeah, we let our guard down for one week, but, and, and like I said, I think it ended up being for the best. So yeah, it happened against the defense, but I think it was the best thing for the offense. So at the end of the year, it's like, okay, cool. I'm kind of happy we got that experience. Yeah, we'll find out whether it was, you know, kind of just a bump in the road and it was no big deal and we could laugh it off. Or if David Blau and the Cardinals actually put up some numbers against the 49ers, then it's like, oh boy, maybe. Then maybe Josh McDaniels sort of cracked the code a little bit. Um, but I'm, again, I'm anticipating that that is not going to be the case. I hope the Niners defense rises up to the challenge. Just tell no Hufanga, like, just stay back. Like, how many times do you have to get burned by being he too really, close he to wants the line those, of scrimmage? He's craving those interceptions. He's craving I, on, them. Yes, honestly, I think that's the. I think that's what it is. It's that he made so many big plays early in the year that he just like you know he's desperate to get those plays. He is a ball hawk. He's always around the ball. He's given up five touchdowns in his last twelve targets. Michelle, not great. Not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. It's terrible. He and when thinks- you think about like. When you think about the teams that you could be facing in the wild card round, you got the Seahawks with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You have the Lions with Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark. And then they're uh, Jamison Williams, they're really fast rookie. And then even with the Packers, like if Christian Watson, <laughs> like if Christian Watson gets in the right spot where he's able to just destroy that secondary and just bring one home. So the secondary is going to have to, have to step it up in the playoffs. So definitely like Hufanga needs to get some discipline. Like we get it. Like the, and those, those plays he makes are game changing, right? So you don't want him to completely change his ways. It's just, he got to be a little bit more disciplined for sure. And I, I like the point that D'Amico Ryan's made yesterday, which is, yeah, I get that everybody wants to make big plays, but if everybody does their job, that is what will lead to the big play. There will be big plays if everybody just does what they're supposed to freaking do. Yeah. And so, and that's, I think, honestly, like what Hufongo was doing earlier in the year. You know, you're not going to get a turnover every single week. Sometimes you can have a really good game. I hate to say it, Michelle. Just doing your job like Jaquaski Tart did a lot of the time. Not giving up big plays. Oh, my Keep God. everything in front of he, you. Yeah. No, he sucked. Get out of here with that. There's a reason he's not on an NFL team right now. He didn't give up those big plays. Well, that's the one thing. No team is dying to go get him. I mean, there's a lot of injuries around the league and still no one has went and picked up tart. So now she's taking a victory sip of her Mm -hmm. mimosa. Like, Uh yeah, I stuck it to you. The (laughs) Eagles were dire need of safety help this off season. And he, uh, didn't even make the team. So that shows you something. Let's take a quick break. We're like I said, we're not breaking down 49ers Cardinals. It's just, no, the Cardinals have literally absolutely nothing to play for in this game. But what we are going to look at when we come back is how the playoffs are setting up for the Niners, potential first round matchups, and some things maybe to keep our eye on as we move forward. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, I'm going to be honest with you all. We just had a fight in the break because. <laughs> Michelle happened to scan the odds for coach of the year. And guess who's at the top of the list for coach of the year odds. Michelle, you looked it up. So I'll, I'll, you have the honors here. Tell us what, what the odds are so far. Kyle Shanahan's up first place plus 175 odds. So right now he's considered the, the best 
favorable guy to win this award, which I do think he's done an amazing job the second half of the season. I gave him a lot of crap in the middle of the season. I think he put up my face in the words I said in the locker room, and I've changed <laughs> things around for this team, so you can thank me. Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, is plus 200. So pretty – I mean, Kyle Shanahan and him are, like, pretty close here in the odds. And then Brian Dable is also right there at plus 225, and then after that, the odds drop significantly. So right now it seems like it's between Shanahan, Sirianni, and Brian Dable, the Giants' first-year head coach. I was saying – the, the job that Brian Dable has done with that roster is absolutely incredible. Yeah, congratulations. But only he's getting that credit because we thought they were going to be so, so terrible, right? That's how we should be. There is no reason that they, it's not even just like, oh, well, their record's good, but they haven't looked good. It's like, no, when you watch them, it's like, how are you, how are you playing this way? It's like every game is close, even the games they lose. And it's just like, how are you actually in this game? You have no talents. You like the thing is Daniel Jones isn't even a very good quarterback and he's passing to Richie James and Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodges Hodgins. I don't even know his last name because that's how insignificant these wide receivers are. And they're somehow a good team. And they're like, I've had to work their games a couple of times and I'm like, oh, I have to work the Giants games every time I'm entertained. I'm like, how am I being entertained by these guys? Like, I don't even get it. They do run some cool like kitchen sink kind of plays where they're just like, screw it. We're going to do some crazy stuff and gain a lot of yards. But every game they play is not close. Okay. They got their doors blown off by the Lions, 31 to 18. They got their doors blown off by the Eagles, 48 to 22. Every good team they have played, they have lost to. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Cowboys again. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Vikings. Spare me with the Brian Dayball coach of the year stuff. Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the year. And I honestly think that they're waiting to see if the Niners get the number one seed. If the Niners get the number one seed, he might win it because you could say, look, they're literally on their third quarterback of the year, last pick in the draft, rookie. And they got the number one seed winning 13 games. That's a damn good argument for coach of the year, even over Brian Dable, whose team is going to sneak into the playoffs when nobody thought that that roster was any good. Well, then what's the reasoning? So let's say Nick Sirianni gets the number one seed. Are you saying he should get it then? No, Kyle Shanahan. Should, Kyle Shanahan to Wait, me why? is the you coach just of the said, year. Like, but why? No, I'm saying I think that that's what the voters are waiting for. I think the voters are waiting to see if Shanahan gets the number one seed. Me personally, I would give it to Kyle regardless because when you do what they have done, especially changing the whole offense from Trey Lance at the beginning of the year to Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy at the end of the year, that to me, that's coaching. That's literally the definition of coaching. And it's not like everybody else on the Niners has been healthy all year too. Kittle's missed time. Debo's missed time. Guys have missed time, and they're still doing what they're doing. To me, it's Kyle no matter what, but I don't think that's how the vote will shake out. Yeah, we'll see. I, I do think it's close between those three guys, and obviously it is because of the betting odds. Now, they're not supposed to take the playoffs into consideration, right? So that I, I don't think then Brian Dave, like I don't see a world where Brian Dave will then skips those two guys. Like what's going to happen. I don't even think they're going to play to win this week. Like they're sitting their starters. So like, I do think if the giants won a playoff game, Brian Dave should win the award, but they can't take that into consideration for whatever reason. I think that should be considered playoffs matter a lot, but whatever for all the awards, they don't consider. Playoffs. I know, but like why it should matter. Like it should matter. 
I don't know. I mean, the bigger sample size is the regular season. And plus, well, like, you take it all into consideration. It's not just the playoffs. But yeah. if Ryan Dable takes the Giants to go win the Super Bowl, like you should be the coach of the year. Like that should come into consideration because that would be absolutely insane. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter. I did want to bring up a note about a, a good point for Kyle Shanahan here to win this award. The 49ers are just the second team in NFL history to have a hundred plus team passer rating and a season with three different quarterbacks starting multiple games that season. Can you guess the other team? It was in recent history. So over the last decade, three quarterbacks. I'm trying to think of teams that have started three quarterbacks and in, in multiple this... games. It wasn't just one game. So yeah, they each had to play multiple games. Is it within the last 10 years? Yeah. Okay. So since 2013, mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know. Is it this? No, it's not going to be the Steelers. Uh, no, it's not the Steelers. No, 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 no. The Ravens. No. Who? The 2016 Patriots with guess who? Jimmy Garoppolo. Isn't that weird? He was on both teams. That who was the season. third starter? Jacoby Brissett. Remember Garoppolo? Oh, Damn it. That's, you know what? I should have got that. Oh, yeah. shame they both me. played two games and then Brady finished out the season and then they went and won the Super Bowl. Uh, but yeah, second team in NFL history and Jimmy Garoppolo was on both teams, which is kind of wild. <laughs> kind of wild. Well, of course he's on both teams. He always gets hurt. So he always oh. opens the door for that other quarterback. The 49ers point differential is plus 148. That's the second best in the entire league. That's the thing, Michelle. It's not just that they are winning with Brock Purdy. They're kicking a tar out of a lot of people with Brock Purdy starting essentially 30% of the season. It's not just like two games. So that's why I give Kyle Shanahan that much credit. For sure. And it seems like the, the offense is better with Brock Purdy than it is Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just I would it's agree. moving better. Now, maybe they got in the groove with Christian McCaffrey and they're feeding him so much and it seems to be working out. And I got, again, like I do think Kyle Shanahan not having Debo there to like, feel like he needs to just play safe with him. It's helped this offense. And I think I really just hope he's seen that and he learns from that. We'll see. But uh, clearly this offense has been better when you actually push it down the field. Sometimes Kyle had a good line when Ray Ray McLeod had his 71 yard touchdown run. He said he loves running that play when the whole defense doesn't shift over when they see the wide receiver coming to the backfield. Cause usually it's Debo. And so the, the defense has adjusted to that. So it doesn't work as well with Debo with Ray Ray McLeod. He's basically untouched because they don't react the same way. So I, it's nice to see those plays work again. But yeah, you got to figure out a way to, to get Debo in there to get him the ball further down the field because he's too good. To There's just... no reason you can't find space for him in the middle of the field. Where right. You get him open in the middle of the field and then let him do work after that. But I do hope they keep, you know, targeting George Kittle. He keeps doing his thing, especially getting those touchdowns. Like this offense is at its best when they utilize George Kittle as a pass catcher. 100%. We are in complete agreement with that. I've been screaming about it. Pass blocking will always be and run blocking will always be the second best thing that George Kittle does. All right, let's look ahead now to the playoffs because most likely it's possible the Niners can get the number one seed. If the Eagles lose and the Niners win, the Niners would have the number one seed, but the Giants aren't going to play anybody against Philadelphia. And Nick Sirianni said today it's trending in the right direction for Jalen Hurts to be able to play. So when you combine those two things, it's looking like an Eagles victory. So the Niners would be the two seed. Michelle, which means more than likely 
they are going to face the Green Bay Packers because if the Packers win, they are in. Uh, the Packers could actually get in without winning. They might know before that game even starts this week that they're in the playoffs. So wait, no, why would they know? Or the, I'm sorry, the Lions would know before the game kicks off if they're not in. If yeah. they're not in, I, yeah. I misspoke. Apologize for that. But Green Bay against Jared Friggin Goff in Green Bay in January. I'm sorry. To me, there's no way, unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, there's no way the Packers lose that game. I would be very nervous about facing Aaron Rodgers in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it wouldn't be ideal. And it's not even about Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't even think this offense looks that great. I, I think the defense is finally starting to step up. You know, Christian Watson is helping this offense. It's not like he's doing a ton as of late, but his speed element does make defenses play differently. And then, but like the thing is they rely so much on running the ball that if I do think the 49ers stack up pretty well against them, but it's just this thing right now. It's like the 49ers have had Aaron Rodgers' number for so long. Like how much longer will that hold on? Right. That's, that's the scary part. It's like, it feels like sooner or later he's going to get one. I do think like the 49ers are the much better overall team than the Packers, but yeah, they would scare me. They would scare me a little bit. It would be amazing if two players from North Dakota State defined the 49ers season. One, Trey Lance getting hurt. Two, Christian Watson potentially torching them in the playoffs. That would be insane if that actually happened. But I agree with you, and that's what I've said. Like, Eventually, a Hall of Fame quarterback's probably going to get one against you in the playoffs if you keep having to run up against him. And he is capable of going God mode. It's not like, oh, Aaron Rodgers' arm is falling off. Like, no. I will I will say Aaron Rodgers under pressure is straight garbage. And he was straight garbage under pressure last year. Just nobody could put pressure on him for whatever reason. But they're able to do it this year. They've had some offensive line issues. And the 49ers are going to be able to put pressure onto him. So, like... I think if you put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, it's just kind of over. He doesn't have Devontae Adams to fall back to anymore. So I, I do think they line up very well against the Packers. It's just the idea that it is Aaron Rodgers. It is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And their defense has really stepped up. But I think that's mostly like Jair Alexander is able to shut down the top wide receiver. Who are you going to shut down? I mean, who are you going to choose to shut down on the 49ers? And you just go to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Yeah, that is the weird thing about facing the 49ers. It's like you're not really worried about a lockdown corner because they've got so many options and their offense is not really focused on one specific guy. Like with the Packers and Devontae, like he was the guy. The Niners offense is literally not like that. In fact, Kyle might look at that situation and be like, great, you want Jair to, sh to shadow Debo? No problem. Yeah. Uh, that will absolutely help me open up things for Ayuk and Kittle and Christian that, McCaffrey. They're like, we didn't even need to use Debo for the last like three, <laughs> right. four weeks of the season. Like, thank you. Yes. Take away Jair. Go put him on Debo. We'll figure out the rest. Thank you. But also like the Packers have been able to be run on all year too. So if you have just Christian McCaffrey doing his thing. And so I actually would not mind this matchup. Like, yes, obviously I think Seattle would be an easier one, Detroit, but I, yeah, it just really seems like Green Bay is going to somehow make these playoffs. I don't even know how this ended up happening, but I, I agree. This is probably the most likely scenario. We were talking earlier, the Giants could beat the Vikings, but like, I don't think as 49ers fans, you're rooting for that. Why? Because then if the Giants beat the Vikings 
and you know Dallas does their job against the Buccaneers, you have to face Dallas instead of facing the Vikings. I would rather face the Vikings than Dallas. Yes, I absolutely would agree with that. Uh, but and this is all assuming the Eagles win this week. But again, I would still rather face the Vikings than the Eagles. The Eagles would be the last team I'd want to face. So if the I, Eagles end up being yes. the fifth seed, that's like, no, please don't make us. Please don't make us face them in the divisional round. That would suck. Yeah, you want to face the Eagles as late as possible, just because yeah. they're really good. Um, but don't ever count on the Dallas Cowboys to do their job in the playoffs. If there's yeah. one thing that we have seen over the year, I mean, they literally have not made an NFC championship game since 1995. I'm not worried about the Cowboys. It's just the fact that I'm not like, I think the Cowboys are a much better overall team than the Vikings. So, you know, yeah, but you know what? And I've, I, it's weird. It's a weird place to be pushed into this at some point with the Vikings. Can't you argue that them winning this many one score games, like doesn't it have to stop being luck at some point and become a skill? I don't think so because last year, they're pretty mediocre at winning one score games. So I just think it, you know, it, it does come down to luck at sometimes and then it bounces back. Like it'll come back to the median here. And like, also they're on their third center and he played atrocious last game. So <laughs> I don't even know who the guy's name is, but third center. So like that's, it comes to a point. It's like, okay, if your offensive line is falling apart, that could change those one score games all of a sudden. And, you know, True. Kirk Cousins gets sacked on the last drive instead of making a, a game winning drive like that could happen as well. So I just I like Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson's the best corner, the best wide receiver in the league. But I just not I don't you know, I'm not scared of them, especially if they have to come to San Francisco and. The 49ers do their job this week. They're the number two seed. They have at least two home playoff games. I think that's huge. They have a plus 94 point differential at home, plus 12 turnover differential at home. On the road this year, they have a minus three turnover differential. Like, hmm. Very different. Now, five and three record compared to seven and one at home. They only lost to the Chiefs at home. And then plus 54 point differential on the road compared to plus 94. So still good on the road, but those, that turnover differential is pretty wild there road versus home. Yeah, that is interesting. And I do think that Levi's is a, is a very good home field advantage. That place gets rocking in the playoffs, especially. Um, so you like the Niners getting as many home games as possible. I'm not terrified of having to play in Philadelphia, honestly. And, and I may be in the minority. No, granted, I still want that to be in the NFC championship game. But I, I wouldn't be terrified of that. Um, it depends I, on what the weather's like in Philadelphia that week. Well, that so that's another like box for Brock Purdy to check, right? We don't know how he'll perform in bad weather, and it's supposed to rain this week in Arizona, so maybe or uh, against Arizona, so maybe we'll get to see that a little bit. But that's another like there's all these boxes that you have to check when you have an unproven quarterback playing from behind, playing against the blitz, deciphering coverage, playing in the weather is absolutely one of them. I don't know if he had a ton of experience in college. Uh, I was just looking up. I was like, is Iowa cold? <laughs> yes, it is. It is, is very cold. Did is you Iowa literally cold. just Google, is Iowa cold? No, I typed in Iowa weather. I figured it was cold, but I just wanted to make sense, sure. So it is 30s all this week. I'm sure he played in some cold weather in Iowa. Like, at least he has that experience. If I asked you, could you point to Iowa on a map right now? No, I couldn't. I don't even think I'd get close. <laughs> really? 
It's somewhere up. See, like the thing I should have known, it's north in the middle of the country somewhere. Name a state that borders Iowa. <sighs> Minnesota, Illinois. Am I close? Illinois. Woo! Ding, 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 ding. Ah, it's close. But I don't think I can pick up Illinois in the map either. So did you just throw out another state that begins with I? No, I know like the middle states. I know like where they are. I just couldn't pick which one is which. Actually, Minnesota does border Iowa too. So you were right cool. twice. Cool, cool. I've been to Minnesota. And I've been to Chicago, Illinois. So like I kind of knew of it and I feel like I've driven through Iowa maybe. I don't know. How's that mimosa? <laughs> it's great. I'm, here. <laughs> I'm almost done. So that's probably hitting my head right now. If there was going to be an upset in the first round of the playoffs, assuming that all the matchups are what we think they're going to be, do you think it's the Cowboys against the Buccaneers or is there somewhere else? I think it could be the Giants over the Vikings, honestly. Even though Jared Goff, or not Jared Goff, uh, same quarterbacks pretty much, Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, but <laughs> Kirk Cousins at home, like at home, Kirk Cousins is pretty pretty solid. So maybe they take care of business against the Giants, but they did only just beat them 27 to 24 a few weeks ago and they were losing for some of that game. So it, it, that's going to be a tough matchup. I think like, I'm not just going to say the Vikings will win that game, but yeah, I mean, I never, I'm never going to bet against Tom Brady. That's the thing. Like, I'm never going to do it. It's weird that like, he seems to be playing a little bit better. I mean, last week he was just, he was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to chuck the ball deep to Mike Evans and let's see if it works out. And it worked out like three times. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is they were getting like, it looked like the Panthers were easily going to win that game. It was like, okay, so the Buccaneers really are just done. Like they can't even beat the Panthers when you need to. And then all of a sudden the second half, it was just like, no, I'm just kidding. We're going to come back and we're going to win easily. The Buccaneers have been outscored by 32 points this year. This is one of the weirdest friggin' years. But It is crazy that the Cowboys would have to go to the Buccaneers. Like, they need to fix that. That is not fair that a team that could be 13 and 4 have to go to a team that could be 8 and 9. Like, that's not fair at all. Just because you had someone in your division that was also a fantastic team. Because also, you're 13 and 4 when you had another super hard team in your division to face, while the Buccaneers had no one to face and you still like possibly are eight and nine. It's like you had the easiest division of all time and your record still was crap. Like you should not benefit from that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this didn't happen, but even in a world where like the Cowboys could have beaten the Eagles twice this year and still not won the division. So it's like, even though you had this other really good team in your division and you beat them twice, you could still have to go on the road. I agree. Like that's, I a think every division, like I like the divisions. I, I think it's a fun way to do it. And I like that the first place makes the playoffs, but that doesn't mean you have to have a home playoff game. You can make the playoffs, but it should go by the records for the seating and home playoff games. hundred percent. Like it's just, it's just crap. And also I think if you have a losing record, you should not make the playoffs. I agree with that completely. You should win your division. You get in the playoffs unless you have a losing record, in which case you're out. Like yeah. if you can't win more games than you lose during a year, why should you get a chance to compete for the Super Bowl, especially at the expense of somebody that could have a much better record? It's amazing that they haven't changed the rule until now. I wonder if the owners think like, hey, well, that could be us one year. So let's not change. Like, how have they not changed the rule already? But how many times has there been a team that went into the playoffs with a losing record and actually made it to the Super Bowl? I don't know the answer, but I feel like it's zero. So, like, what do you care if your losing team doesn't make the playoffs? Like, then you just get a better draft pick and you don't have to worry about injuries. And, like, 
that's the thing. Like last year, the Eagles went to go face the Buccaneers, right? And it was one of those games where you're like, you just know the Buccaneers are going to kill them. And they did. And then Tristan Wirfs got hurt. And it kind of messed up with everything. It's like these games that are so pointless, like that's never going to change because now there's a seven seed. Like I do think these seven seeds versus the two seeds are kind of like, you know. Don't just... say that when the 49ers are about to be the two seed. And Don't you wish you had a buy? Seed. Except I yes. hated buys. I hated buys as a Steelers fan. If they got a buy, I hated it. I hated it. Mm, I would. I just like keeping on the flow. Like the 49ers are in such a flow right now. I don't want to mess that up. Well, let's hope that they don't. Regardless, uh, we will be with you in the instant reaction show after the game on the Niners Nation Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Also, my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. Please follow me there. Just became a Twitch affiliate. What? What? Woo. Hey, we did that at the same time. (laughs) You're rubbing off on me, Michelle. Uh, And then, of course, throughout the whole playoffs, we'll be there with you. We'll have the crossover podcast tomorrow. It's going to come out. I talked with Johnny Venerable, uh, who covers the Arizona Cardinals. Things are not good there. Kyler and Cliff are not on speaking terms. So that's just Mm -hmm. another example of how you know Cliff Kingsbury is not going to be back as the head coach. Uh, But that was a fun podcast as well. So plenty more going on with Niners Nation. I wish your Steelers luck, Michelle. They could sneak into the playoffs. So good luck for you. I know you're rooting for that. Yeah, I was just going to I was going to bring that up quick. I wanted to know your thoughts. I know this is a 49ers podcast, but we're at the end here. You know, just just hear me out. 49ers fans. I want to know your thoughts. Do you think the Steelers get in? They need the Patriots to lose to the Bills. They need the Dolphins to lose to the Jets, and they need to beat the Browns. What are you giving their chances, Stats? <sighs> that Dolphins game, Dolphins-Jets is it's dicey. It's Skylar Thompson is starting. Versus Joe Flacco. Versus Joe Flacco. It's better than Zach Wilson. Wouldn't you be mad if Joe Flacco once again like helped eliminate your team from the playoffs? You know what I'm going to be the most mad about <laughs> is if we get – those two things that happen, the Patriots and the Dolphins to lose. And then Deshaun Watson is the thing that knocks the Steelers out of the playoffs. I will just die inside. So <laughs> I don't care. Like if the, you know, the Dolphins end up beating the Jets then okay, that's, that is what it is. The Dolphins have been a better team than the Steelers all year long. Like I can accept that. I cannot accept Deshaun Watson knocking the Steelers out of the playoffs. The crazy thing that I have heard is if the Jets somehow beat the Dolphins, that Mike McDaniel might get fired. I don't see that at all. Which would be insane. That'd be so stupid. Well, their, be- their offense has been amazing as long as Tua has been healthy. Like because, but don't forget, remember, before Mike McDaniel got hired, the plan for the Dolphins was to hire Sean Payton and get Tom Brady to be their quarterback. Well, Sean Payton is probably going to get back into the league next year. Now you got to work out a trade with the Saints because they still own his rights, but that you can do that. And Brady's going to be a free agent. And so if the if the Dolphins lose, right, and then have this giant collapse, because they were like eight and three at one point, and if they lose and miss the playoffs, right, if you're the Dolphins owner and you wanted Peyton and Brady all along, well, this that's is why the excuse. Dolphins will never be good. I mean, it's been decades, decades since they've been good. And just because of reasons like this, like mm-hmm. you're so stupid. I would rather like then it's time to move on from Mike Tomlin and go get Mike McDaniel because I'm so sick of watching our offense score zero points. Wow. He, changed, he changed Tua like Tua was nothing. And now all of a sudden he made him a great quarterback like this offense. Like what is he supposed to do when your quarterback gets three concussions? two but three three concussions in one season and then even teddy bridgewater gets hurt both times that he got a chance to be a starting quarterback and you're stuck with skylar thompson like i get kyle shanahan's doing his thing with brock purdy 
but I do think Brock Purdy was the better college quarterback compared to Skylar Thompson. I don't even know why Skylar Thompson went before Purdy. That makes no sense to me, but whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying some coaches can find a way to win with their third string quarterback. Some can't, you know, that just, that's what separates coaches from one another, but go Kyle Shanahan, go Niners, go Steelers. I'm rooting for you. I'll always root for the Steelers. I like them as the an thing is, I don't even know if I want them to make it. I told you that because like, I'm so sick of watching them make it to just get their booties destroyed in the wild card. And you'd have yeah. to play the chiefs most likely in the first round, whether it be the chiefs, the bills or the Bengals, or pretty much. Yeah. The that's chiefs, dicey. It's like they're just going to lose by 30 points. What does not matter? That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Thank you, thank you, thank you for so much of your support. We are blown away, and I promise you, we will keep giving you reasons to make us a part of your day. Michelle, have a fantastic weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.